I'm going home next week. Yes. No, in two weeks. Two weeks, okay. I'm so excited. My mum has got a dog. Yeah. I'm going to meet my baby brother. <laughs> yeah. so what's his name again? Timo. 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 So cute. It's like Timo and Pumba. Is that where it's from? I don't I think it's from Lion King. Oh but my gosh, I actually haven't seen Lion King. Have you not seen Lion King? <laughs> I saw, okay. no, the thing is, I was living in Portugal at the time when everyone was watching the Lion King. Yeah. And it was in Portuguese and I guess my Portuguese was not mm, <laughs> at the, you know, level where I could understand what was going on. So I just, yeah, I don't think I've really seen it. I know what happens, yeah. but I haven't seen it. And everyone says it's the best film ever. Well, best Disney film ever. Yeah. Well, you've been you've been dealing with this, like, having to learn a new language my whole life. Yeah, you <laughs> literally my this. whole life. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. That's maybe where. Okay. Because I was wondering because it was my brother who came up with a name, Timo. Timo. And I was like, that's cute, but like I, it did, it didn't connect. Okay. Wow. I love talking about like what I would name my dog if I got a dog. I told you that. Dunne and I talk about this very often. So, what are your options? Monkey. Monkey. Just monkey. <laughs> I love Dunne's, that actually. Then this is, is sometimes he says Chester, just because <laughs> I think I've told you that he yeah. just like he just like loves the name Chester. It's so weird. Chester just wants to be like Chester, get over here. Like, no, I want. I suggested my mum was looking for names, and I, I suggested Byron and Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> oh I God. love the like pretentious yeah. like uh, tongue in dog. tongue in cheek. So yeah, he's um. And the thing is, I'm not even a dog person, but I have this week become a diehard dog person. <laughs> and like, I used to hate it when people used to show me pictures of their dogs. I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's not my dog. I don't know this dog. Um, but I've become that person. Yeah. And I'm showing everyone videos of him, you know, <laughs> just exploring the house. Oh, he's so cute. I can't wait. To They're such him. mood boosters. They are. I definitely, I think I would be probably a happier person if I had a puppy. I think you're 100% right. I think I don't, you can't be lonely with a dog. No. Well, maybe you can. But I, I can't imagine how you'd be lonely with a dog. True. It's different. Cats are different. Mm. I think because dogs need so much more attention than love and they give so much back. Yeah. And they actually, yeah, you can go walking with them. It was so weird. I was on a walk and there was a, someone with a leash and their cat. Oh my like gosh. walking the cat on a leash. And I was just, it was the weirdest thing I've ever Ooh. seen. It was so strange. Very interesting. But... Yeah. But anyways, m maybe we'll get into why we're here. Mm -hmm. This episode, we're thinking we're going to talk about how we protect our mental health. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a topic that we have discussed kind of often. Just I think you to. have to. You have to. Because I think as soon as you move to a new country, as soon as you're somewhere foreign, mm -hmm. like your mental health becomes really, really important. It's like, it's like you can't really ignore it. You can, you can probably get away with ignoring certain aspects of your mental health when you're in like a comfortable place where everything's the same, but like mm -hmm. you definitely can't when you move somewhere new. So I have true. Found. I totally agree. Maybe just a little background. I can give you, a, give you all. All the followers, all the fans, and a little background on myself. I was born and raised in California and moved to Iceland about four years ago. I have an Icelandic mom and American dad and just came here in the summers. So, yeah, as you know, I'm learning Icelandic. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Kalechi? Yeah, and I, um, I am also half Icelandic. Um, my dad's Icelandic. And I'm from, well, I grew up in England. I need to stop saying that I'm from England. Yeah. 
because I realized that it doesn't really resonate with me very well. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in England, um, but I was born in Norway and I lived in Portugal. And so I've moved around a lot. Mm. Um, and I like when I was younger, when I lived in uh, England, I was like super excited. Like, I loved the idea of being in a new place. I just wanted to explore the whole world. I wanted to move to a new place every two years. I'd like set up my life. I was like, I'm going to do two years in Spain, two years in France and move to, I was like, I was really excited by that. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of that. And now I'm here in Iceland. I've somehow like ran out of energy for that. You know, like I don't find that as exciting anymore. And I think it because it, I think it's because it takes so much mental energy to, uproot yourself yeah. and plant yourself uh yeah in a new place mm-hmm. i think it's so nice to be able to just stay in one place i'm just realizing this too also for the first time in my life like yeah. it's actually nice to stay in one place and just put your roots down and actually yeah grow into who you are and as a person in this new country that you're in give yourself the time you need not just go up and leave right when it's you know maybe getting really hard you just okay let's just go somewhere else and get the excitement factor again and then not really go through the kind of hardships of really really settling Mm, I think you can maybe hide from your own personal growth by like just jumping on a new adventure definitely and there's probably a time and a place for it I think like and and the other thing is that you learn so much from exactly doing exactly that like uprooting yourself Forcing yourself to step out of your comfort zone, meet new people, settle into a new place. Mm-hmm. But it can also maybe be like a... Mm, distraction. Distraction. Yeah. Would you say you're introvert or extrovert? I'm an introvert, I would say. I'm not shy at mm-hmm. all. I have. I also feel like I want to... I'm When I'm not with my friends or like having something planned with my friends, I always feel like I need to plan something. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have like a social life and I want to socialize, but I'm definitely the kind of person that needs my own space and need to recharge by myself. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, like the difference between being an introvert and being shy. Yeah. Because it's not the same thing. True. It's like, yeah. I would say that I'm probably, I'm also, I, I'm a massive introvert, mm-hmm. but again, not shy. I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I really like being around people, but mm-hmm you have to, I have to then go and recharge my batteries. It depends a lot also on the person and the energy that they have. Mm-hmm. I think I'm really sensitive person mm. and whatever energy the, per- the other person has, I kind of match it and mm. also like the group. Yeah. So I need to be really careful. Like if it's a, if I'm in a group setting and the energy just does not fit me, I can be so weird and just like try <sighs> to like just recluse to the corner, like, you know, want to get out as soon as possible yeah. but if it's a group of people and it's really good energy and it fits with mine then I just feel really good yeah so it, it I guess um this is maybe common knowledge but I only learned this quite recently that the definition of introvert and extrovert isn't whether you like being with people or whether you like being alone it's like it's about where you get your energy from exactly so do you get energy from being around people all of the time and like I know people, a lot of my friends are like that actually. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of like actor friends who are like big into that. They have to be around people and they get their energy from that. Mm-hmm. And I honestly cannot relate. Oh my God. No. I love being around my friends, but I have to go home and be by myself mm-hmm. to recharge. Yeah. I have 
why I was like a little hesitant about the introvert. Like I'm definitely an introvert, but mm -hmm. I also, there are times where I do get energy from people also. Like Which how? We, um, maybe for example, like if I'm feeling down or something like this and I, and I meet with you and we go to the swimming pool mm. and you just like, we have a good conversation. I feel so much more energetic after that. There's like, just depends on the people, I guess. But I guess it's also like, have you found that like your personality has changed whilst you've been in Iceland? I'm not sure if it's related to, ex I, yes, the mm. answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's just that I've kind of grown up a bit because I've been here for now four or five years and I moved here when I was 21. And so it's like, I feel like it is a big changing mm -hmm. period, but I feel much more introverted now than I was. I've always been though, like even growing up, I remember like some comments stick to me even to this day that like my friends, because I, I was pretty social, like I was never an outcast and I was always with my friends. Like my mom would call me like the bag lady because I would just <laughs> move from friend to friend yeah, and spend the night at their house, like with the bag mm. and just like would be gone all weekends. But then the minute like my friends would want to go and meet with like a larger group of friends, I'd be like... I'd just bounce. I'd be like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they would just, then I remember my friends would s say to me like, Sonia can be pretty um, antisocial. And I would, I, I remember taking this so like. Personally. So personally. And I was like, oh, I'm not antisocial. <laughs> but like at, at that, and I, I was like, in a, at some point, like just, I maybe just didn't vibe with the energy that of the people that they were going to hang out with. And I was like, I'd rather just go home and yeah. be alone. Yeah. If I'm going to be with my friends that I feel good around, like, yeah, I'll, I'll stay. But if they're going to go and meet with people that I'm like not that interested in being with and or like that don't make me feel good, mm -hmm. <laughs> then I'll leave. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it makes a huge difference. Like meeting one person or two people is completely different to meeting 10 mm -hmm. or 15 people in a group. Yeah. But then also I'm thinking like um, it's really probably really difficult to be an extrovert and move to a new country where you don't know anyone. You like, think it's difficult? Yeah. Because you suddenly come to a new place and you're like, oh my God, like I don't have like the group that I need to get energy from. Do you know what I mean? Like True. you have to go through the process of making your new circle from scratch. Yeah. And maybe it's like, that could be really difficult. True. I haven't thought of it that way. No. I've kind of always thought of it like those kinds of people have it much easier than me. Yeah, because they, <laughs> because we assume that they just have no qualms about going up and making friends. Yeah. And also like not having, yeah, maybe basically that yeah. just like can go and make friends and want to be with a bunch of people all the time and feel good just being in any kind type of social social setting but I guess I'm not really that's maybe not what an extrovert is <laughs> that's the thing maybe we're assuming that yeah. like people who just like to be in like in big groups maybe they you know maybe they find it difficult to make friends still true yeah and it's it's actually quite an advantage that we come here as introverts and we yeah. can just, we just can be by yourself yeah. <laughs> that's fine with me yeah <laughs> but then we kind of both feel i know that we both have this we talk often about like oh we should be making more friends mm -hmm. or like we should make an effort to meet more friends like i think both of us like crave this like social life and like yeah a community yeah community and like yeah. i think we are both pretty like strong socially yeah and maybe we do thrive in certain settings and it's like we kind of crave that I don't know. So true. And I think that's, but that also comes from, I think, like, I think one of the things that I struggle the most with being here mm -hmm. is comparing myself to A, people who live here, 
and the people that I left behind. So I left my friends behind mm. and I'm like, and I'm, you know, looking at them, like being together and like having a good time and build it, building on those friendships. And I'm looking at people here who've had their group of friends for, you know, I don't know, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, yeah, you leave it behind and you haven't got the other one yet. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck in the middle. So I think that's, that's the kind of community that I crave. Yeah. Um, I totally, that, that makes so much sense. Mm. It is, it is, neither of those situations are easy to relate to when you're in our situation. Mm. Because it's, yeah, the people back at home are still in their kind of comfort zone where they're settled and... And you could also be there. That's the thing. You look at it and you're like, wow, that would be nice sometimes. True. And I think, yeah, I think that, I mean, when I get into that spiral of comparing myself to people I left or to people here, that's like... That's really uncomfortable, and I'm trying my best not to do it. Yeah, how do you do? You have some kind of rituals or something that you do that mm-hmm. when you're getting into the state to kind of get you out of this. Yeah, I um, I like LinkedIn is a big no no for me. Yeah, LinkedIn is the worst. Yeah, LinkedIn is the worst. Yeah, like looking because another thing that happens when you move to a different country is that you give up. Okay, some, for some people, mm-hmm. for me, it was that you give up a linear career path. Yeah. You're not doing, you're, you're not just following the steps that um, were kind of laid out for you at university. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the people that you know are like just going from one job to the next job, you know, promotion, promotion, promotion. And sometimes I look at myself, I'm like, oh, fuck, like, mm-hmm. have, have I fucked up here? Like, yeah. And. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Too. It's what? It's really difficult. Yeah. Because I like. If I really like interrogate myself, I would not change. I wouldn't swap because the things that I've gained from being Mm -hmm. uh, like abroad, like I I wouldn't swap it. But it's still really difficult to see. Do you think it's like do you think a coping mechanism is just to get a bit of perspective, like to gain a different perspective? Because you are right now you're like following your passion of going to study graphic design. Mm -hmm. You could have gotten a job in maybe marketing Mm -hmm. and then in five years from now realize like oh I want to go back to school for graphic design so like yeah when you when you think about where you are Mm. and like where you're going and that you just got into this great program for graphic design at Lista Hauskoll Islands that you know it's it's yeah other people are probably comparing themselves to you too like I know for I think it's so cool that you're able to just follow your passion and just go forward instead of you know rather just tick some boxes. Yeah, I think you have to remind yourself of that. And also the other thing that we have to remind ourselves is that we're not like, ti- what is time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, there is no order mm-hmm. for this. You're not too old. You're not too young. Mm-hmm. You're not like, there isn't a, like, you know, what's the word? Yeah, there, there isn't like one single way of doing it. And yeah, but it's still hard. And I've just, sure. I don't, I don't look at, uh, LinkedIn and no I'm LinkedIn, doing my yeah. best to like not v- not judge myself or not give my not base my self-worth on what you can put on a CV yeah no what about you what do you what do you do to, when you get into a bad headspace here I mean maybe when I think the most common thing that I do is just go for a walk yeah I just go for like an hour walk outside either by myself or with my boyfriend Danne and just kind of 
look around at things. Yeah, like a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm talking about like feeling insecure when I'm comparing myself to people from home that are you know climbing the corporate ladder or doing mm-hmm. yeah just like thriving socially or, you know things mm-hmm. like this. I think what I do is I I like to just sit down with a piece of paper mm-hmm. and write down everything that I've accomplished. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. And you have to you have to remind yourself, don't you? You really have to remind yourself. Like I, sometimes it's really easy to make yourself small. Yeah. In every situation. But then just to remind yourself how far you've come, you know, like just maybe five years ago. And think about how proud you would have been of yourself just looking at where you are now. And yeah, but I love to just write down everything that I'm proud of and what I've accomplished. And then I look at the paper and I'm like, okay, <laughs> not who's, bad. Who's this amazing woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have more compassion for myself too and realize yeah. that there's no reason for me to be feeling insecure. And it's just maybe, yeah. So for me, it's like kind of getting gaining a different perspective and just like having compassion for myself and mm. and I guess we were talking about this just before we started recording but mm-hmm. um it can also be about you know when we were at home in our home countries mm-hmm. like we had the stability we had the like developed social uh, circle and we had you know maybe a job and did we did we recognize it nope. like no <laughs> we were like on, we were like get me out of here like I need an adventure I need to do all of this mm-hmm. and like it's really easy to, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's really easy to not realize what you have. And like, if we flip that now, like, what do we have now? We have like new experiences. We've met new people. We live in a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. You have to also like realize that. True. Like you have what you wanted mm-hmm. at the time. Exactly. It is so easy to not appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really... It is a root problem for feeling insecure. Yeah. I um, reached out to a group of foreigners on Facebook, foreigners living in Iceland, um, to like see what other people do. I was like, what What do you guys do to protect your mental health here? And like everyone who responded said that they have some kind of uh, movement. Yeah. And like somebody was talking about yoga and how that's really like, it's really... It's really good for her to center herself and mm-hmm. to move. Just I think anything that requires you to move your body, mm-hmm. I think it's so simple, but it's so effective. Yeah. Just to like do something different to get you out of your head mm-hmm. and into your body. And like we're so lucky because we have we live in Iceland where the, like you're always just twenty minutes away from pristine nature, and to go for a walk in the countryside is like is perfect here. True. I was like, I think I always, I'm also, that's always a go-to for me. It's just like any kind of movement outside. Yeah. Always makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Are you easily overstimulated by everything that goes on in a day? Or do you find yourself? It's weird because uh, I would have, before I moved to Iceland, I would have considered myself quite a calm person. Mm -hmm. I think I am still quite calm, but... uh, the daylight in the summer has really gotten to me. It got to me last year and it's got to me this year. And I have like, um, like I get really agitated at like midnight. You know, when you're supposed to be winding down, I kind of get in my head. I get stressed about the idea of not fall, being able to fall asleep. I hate the feeling of 
being awake at night when I should be sleeping, when I have to get up at eight, you know, and I can just see the hours like counting down like, oh, OK, six hours sleep. <laughs> um, and I yeah, I get in my yeah, I get in my head about that when I can see daylight yeah. coming through my window. I'm really excited for August when there's going to be dark nights. Yeah. I think it makes such a difference to just be able to relax in the evenings without feeling a pressure to go outside because of the beautiful light or something like this. Yeah. I find myself, I get overstimulated because I, I find it like right now I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm on this line of trying to kind of please others, but mm -hmm. also make space for myself. Um, what do you mean please others? Okay. I'm meaning like doing, going out of my way to do something nice for someone else or for example, like if if my friends want to meet, I'm always I try to always say yes, no matter what, just because I don't want to be the one to say no. Mm -hmm. And like I know I'll always be happy when I, after I meet with them, but like sometimes I'm overstimulated yeah. <laughs> in that that day, and yeah. I feel like what I need to do is just be outside and be alone or something like this. But I just anyways go because yeah. I want to be there for my friends. Is that good or? Sometimes it feels, sometimes it's good, but sometimes when I'm too overstimulated and then I go and meet with friends, mm -hmm. I can just be kind of not myself. Mm. And I have felt like this sometimes when I have said I'm going to go and meet some people and then I, I kind of quickly want to leave. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like the first one to be like, okay, I'm going to go and like feel like I didn't really, wasn't really present. And like, what do you think is like making you feel overstimulated? overstimulated? Usually it's just, probably like a combination of maybe like a lot of socializing at work or a lot of things going on in the day at work um can be things going on at home like, and of course like you're you're socializing at work in Icelandic true. or like in an Icelandic environment so yeah. something that would be maybe easy for you to do you know under normal circumstances true suddenly takes a lot more energy than you kind of expected yeah. we do speak English a lot at work but still but still it's good like sometimes it is still like in it's still that kind of underlying feeling of if you're speaking English, most people are speaking English because of me. Yeah. And that kind of takes a burden yeah. on me. I feel like a little bit guilty. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's uh, like, for example, when I have people from out of town visiting, I don't know. I'm so excited to meet my friends when they come to visit me. Mm -hmm. But some part about me, I always feel like I'm not doing enough for them when they're here. Yeah, because I guess when your friends are coming to visit, it's they're coming to see you, but they're also on holiday. Yeah, exactly. They're also here to see the country, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, God, I have to give them a good experience of Iceland, not just, you know, of yourself. Yeah. I don't know. That's one thing. That, I mean, I guess I, I've had guests this week. Yeah. And I, I like, <laughs> this is probably why it's on my mind that mm -hmm. I, I feel like, oh, I, I should have done a little bit more, like, with them. But my mental capacity couldn't handle it. Yeah. And that's just... I need to have compassion for myself. Going back to that again, it's just mm -hmm. to realize my energy levels and like what I need and just take care of myself and not feel like I need to do something to please somebody else. Yeah. Or like to, because the other person is probably totally fine. It's just me oh, in my definitely, head. Definitely. I think like just making an effort to really listen to yourself mm -hmm. and to be okay with, to be okay with the fact that you maybe need a little bit more time for things and you need to be more gentle with yourself and like it doesn't make you any less strong or capable or effective if you just realize that okay like 
I need more time by myself or I need more whatever. Mm. And just recognizing that. True. And just Definitely. being okay with it. It's not a bad yeah. thing. No. And it is interesting how different you can feel from one day to the next. Yeah. One day, for example, I can be packed from like eight in the morning to 10 at night with people all day and I feel fine. Then the next day is just like from eight to six, it's just like too much mm-hmm. to be around people. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to just have my, give myself space, my own space. And maybe I can tell you a little bit what I do when I have like my own space. Yeah. What makes me feel better other than this movement that we've already talked about going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really love to make my, like kind of move around furniture and plants and like clean up and like just make my space have this feng shui. Ooh. <laughs> I really like this. This always makes me feel so good. Do you like change it up often or? Yeah, like just little things. Like maybe maybe I won't be moving the sofa, but moving around tables and just like finding different things around the house that are placed in one one area but just move the move them to the kitchen or something like mm-hmm. that. Just like change the placement of objects in the house. And it always I don't know, like it, in this moment I'm kind of using my creative side and I can just do whatever I want in the house and that's nice and make it like your personal space maybe yeah. your yeah I love doing that and also taking a bath I'm Ooh. I'm new like in my new place I'm living in there's this bath and I've never been a bath person but mm-hmm. it always puts me it's always so nice and I have this like lavender bubble bath that I bought uh, like I think it's from like I don't know how to pronounce it Lakitan ah uh, Lusitan. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was going to be not great. Lockitan. 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 No. Um, yeah, I bought like a lavender bubble bath from there. and Oh, that is so nice. It's really nice. How indulgent. I really. love that. Yeah. It's just like a, a small thing. And are you like Maybe. listening to a podcast or... Sometimes. Or, or just silence? Sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I just need silence. Mm-hmm. I love to give myself moments of just complete silence. It is hard Ooh, though. It's hard. Silence is hard. I'm finding silence really hard these days. I'm. I always have something in my ears. I'm always listening to something. Do you, Do you have like a? Is it mainly podcasts or music or? Yeah, mainly podcasts. I went. You? I went to the toilet recently <laughs> <laughs> without my phone, without anything in my ears, yeah. and I was like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do now?" And I was like, "Wow, that that's maybe a little bit too far. I need to maybe address that." <laughs> Do you listen to podcasts while you're on the toilet? I listen to podcasts 24-7 <laughs> or something or music or an audiobook. Yeah. So do you do you have moments where you listen to more music and then other times where you listen to more podcasts or is it typically like mm. both throughout the day? Mm, I'm going through a podcast phase, mm-hmm. but it, it, it comes and goes, you know, like sometimes I'm, I think I just don't have any good music to listen to at the moment. Yeah, it's hard. Some, it's hard when that's the, that's yeah. the case. I'm bored of all my music. Oh my gosh, we're so spoiled. We literally True. have... All of the music in the world at our fingertips, and we are bored. Sometimes when you have too many options, yeah, it's, it's paralyzing. Do you have a? Do you listen to story? What kind of podcast do you listen to? Well, podcasts are a big, like, part of my Icelandic learning. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I listen to as many Icelandic podcasts as I can get my hands on. So have you been listening to like? Do you listen to Icelandic podcasts nonstop? Yeah. Wow. It's honestly, I find it so helpful. Okay. Um. I get tired of them. Like, I get tired of listening to Icelandic. And then sometimes I just want to listen to something 
in English kind of that yeah. I don't have to focus on and just yeah but I take the pressure off I don't have to focus on the Icelandic I just okay. have it on okay I like just having noise in the background yeah. and it's not like I'm listening and you know understanding everything no but I just enjoy having it on in the background mm-hmm. and then just like books and yeah yeah what about you Mm, I I do both Mm. sometimes I if I'm feeling really overstimulated Mm. I often feel overstimulated (laughs) I don't know if it's something maybe it's the light and I don't know could well be the light now yeah but lately I've yeah there's also just been a lot going on in my life but I mean I don't have kids or anything that's I always go back to that I'm like okay come on you're yeah, going to have a lot going on later, probably. <laughs> this yeah, is going to feel like nothing. But at this point in my life right now, I've been feeling kind of overstimulated. And yeah. when I'm feeling this way, I like to listen to just like classical music. Ooh. I just put like my big Bose headphones on and I close my eyes and I just sometimes I just put like a like an um, eye mask on. Mm-hmm. So it's like dark. Close my eyes and then listen to I have a few classical songs that I like to listen to. Is this in bed? Or just just on like I lay usually it's like nice to just lay down on the couch. Yeah. Okay. And just during the day. Yeah. Maybe feeling. just like in the evening. It's typically like in the evening. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel that overstimulated in the morning ever. Mm-hmm. It's usually just like in the evening at the end of the day mm-hmm. after like yeah. Um. And then this might just be for like five minutes, and I always feel so much better afterwards. Do you remember the name of the song? Yeah, I, I have. Um. So it's called. I think it's an Icelandic band, actually. Like, so I really like Gabriel Olaf's, the piano player. The piano player. Ooh, he plays this song. Like he, it's Baura and Droplets, and they're both so nice. And then also um, Amina, Amina. I don't know if they're Icelandic or not, but they're the. I have like these five songs um on a playlist that I just like. They're my go-to. I don't mm-hmm. have to like take time to look up something that yeah. I just know okay. they're gonna make me feel good. So it's okay, like I need to check them out. Yeah. So, and also just like, also I've been dancing lately. This is also goes back to the movement. It's just like dancing, putting, like putting on headphones, like mm-hmm. my big headphones, mm-hmm. and like just like dancing around the house. Ooh, like ecstatic dancing. Just by yourself. <laughs> yeah, by myself. Sunday we'll just be like in the in the living room somewhere and I'll, yeah, I'll like be poked. this crazy woman living yeah. with me. <laughs> Usually I'll be somewhere where he can't see me. Yeah. And then like, yeah. But I, I feel safe around him so I don't, I'm not. You don't care? No. I think, we didn't we, didn't we talk with our friend Melrose about this? Yeah. I think we were talking about dancing and like she's, uh, I've just said her name. Yeah. Uh, she won't mind. No. Um, <laughs> you know, she says that she also does that. She'll like dance, like, like, mm-hmm dance like nobody's watching (laughs) you know and just go crazy and it actually like it it changes your mood Mm -hmm. it like pumps endorphins into your blood true i need to do more of that and like you're not taking yourself too seriously Mm -hmm. you're just having fun Mm -hmm. i also heard this about just like smiling (laughs) like you just start smiling yeah like if you're feeling down and you just smile It's yeah, apparently you trick your brain into it. Yeah. It's like I'm happy, I'm happy, <laughs> and I feel good. I'm smiling. Everything is fine. I'm fine. Everything it's is fine. so fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I've um I find that hard to do <laughs> because I find it really ingenuine. But apparently yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a fake smile or a you know forced smile. Apparently your brain doesn't can't tell the difference. Yeah. Do you, you have any? Try that. True. Just like right now. 
<laughs> do you have any like little tips that you do uh, when you're feeling overstimulated or just anxious or something? To be really, really honest, I'm still trying to figure out what works for me. I often call my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom is really good. Yeah, my mom is a, um, she's a therapist. And so it's really help. It's really helpful to talk to somebody who has that kind of background because she, like sometimes if I feel like I'm, um, if I feel re- like really anxious, sometimes I go through periods of being, feeling really, really anxious about, you know, the smallest things will make me feel really, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this will always stick with me because it makes so much sense. She explained to me that, you know, when you're feeling anxious about a social situation, you know, maybe you're in an environment where you don't feel comfortable speaking Icelandic or you can't keep up with Icelandic. You, like I was explained to her that I get this feeling of like panic and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that is like, that isn't, because we're hardwired as humans to want to, to need to like be part of the group because, mm-hmm. you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, thousands of years ago, if you weren't part of the group, you would literally die. You wouldn't get food. You wouldn't get protection. You wouldn't, you know. Mm. Um, I think this is more to do with like animals. I'm, don't quote me on this, but this is what well, I like got same. from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you weren't part of the group, you would die. And so that's been hardwired into us. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's this strong kind of feeling of like fear when you feel like you're not in the group. Mm. And just to know that helps me so much mm-hmm. because it's not like it's not me being dramatic. It's not anything, you know, I'm not in actual danger. It's just, you know, this is what happens. This is what happens to us when we feel like we're, we don't belong. And you, it's just really good to realize that this is a... It's a rational way to feel. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. And when you can see it for what it is, I find it much easier to, like, deal with it. Yeah. Have some compassion. Yeah, be nice. How do you deal with being homesick? Calling my mom. Yeah. <laughs> we talk every day on the phone, basically. Um, but also looking at photos. I go through my photos often and just, yeah, look at pictures of home. I call one of my friends is really good at, like, when I call her, we can just pick up the conversation. We don't have to go into what's new in our lives. We can just just talk about what's on our head. Mm-hmm. Head at that exact moment, mm-hmm. um, or what's on our mind at that exact moment. Um, yeah, but my go to number one is always just to call my mom and FaceTime with her. Yeah. She'll show me around our house at, and yeah. Do you get do you get homesick often? Yeah, I think so. Now it's been like almost a year and a half since I've been home, oh, and fuck COVID. Yeah, I honestly, know. I I know I could have gone home. That's the thing. So I, I could like I could have easily just taken a flight home. Um, well, not easily. Not easily. That's the thing. Yeah, that's you th- could yeah. have, but it wouldn't yeah. have been very simple. Yeah. Um. I've been just waiting. My boyfriend is Icelandic citizen, so I've been just waiting and waiting for them to open the borders because I really want him to come with me. Um. So we we've been waiting for like seven months and yeah. are still waiting. Um. So I think I get homesick like typically every six months. It's yeah. like. It, that's kind of has been my, you know, threshold. Definitely my threshold. I think it's it's when I definitely want to go home. <laughs> yeah, I think COVID has been so difficult because, like, it's really fun to be abroad mm-hmm. in many many ways. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have the option of going home to your family, that changes the tone 
like when you can't go home, mm-hmm. then it's like then it gets, yeah, it changes the tone. It does, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When when there was no option of us going, like, going home, I did not like that. No. I like having the option of like, okay, if I need to go and get a cuddle off my mum, mm-hmm. I just jump on a flight. Yeah. You know. True. And when that wasn't an option, it was kind of like, oof, gosh, this is a bit heavy. True. I agree with that. I think that, I don't know, I, I, I think that this year has really proved how resilient I can be, though, because I, I remember when I was in university, just one state away from my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a 12-hour drive. I could get in my car and just, like, drive home. One hour, wait, one, one state, state yeah. is 12 hours away. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. But I would just, like, drive home. Yeah. No, it would be, like, no problem. It's, like, worth it for me. But I remember th- at that time when I was, like, 21, the longest I'd ever been away was six months. And when I got home and walked through the door and, like, saw my saw my parents, I just, like, broke down. I was, like, shaking, crying. Oh, when you arrived back? Yeah, when I saw them. Because I just, like, oh. I didn't realize how homesick I was until, like, the minute I walked in. Mm. And I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm anticipating the moment when I come home now. Uh, like, I haven't let myself feel it so much. Yeah, you can't. I, yeah, I think I just, yeah, just adapted a bit. It does help that uh, my sister has just moved to Iceland recently. Yeah. So this is automatically making me feel less homesick to have her there. And, like, my parents are coming next month. So mm-hmm. it is nice to at least see my family. But there are little things about home that I'm really excited to go. Yeah. And, yeah. But I'm I'm very curious about <laughs> after Your like reaction. A, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll go home in November. I'm planning to just go for an entire month, yeah. which will be nice. And yeah, I'm just wondering. See like, what I'm, you're going to let out. Yeah, I'll, I'm <laughs> worried that I'm like shake, shake and cry for like oh. <laughs> a long time or something. I don't know. I don't get I don't get like that when I um, arrive, but I get like that when I leave. And <sighs> it always it always takes me by surprise mm-hmm. how painful it is to say goodbye. And yeah. it's getting worse and worse as I get older. Yeah. You know? I used to be mm-hmm. so okay with like, okay, see ya. Like, <laughs> see ya later, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> at some point. And now I remember when I came back, I went to go and see my family at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I, we took a taxi to the airport and I honestly cried the whole way to the airport, which was like an hour and a half away. I was listening to sad cello music <laughs> <laughs> and weeping. Oh, I cry weird. every time I leave. No. Yeah. And every time they leave Iceland, I, I cry also. Mm. But I think that's... This is, it's, it's something that runs in my family to cry. Crying. Cry. Yeah, we all cry. <laughs> no, but definitely when saying bye. Yeah. I'm the worst at saying goodbye. Like with anything, I'll avoid it if I, if I can. Same. I would much rather just disappear into yeah. the background. It'll be much harder to say just bye. Like saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Just that. It's just like, oh I feel like it just like sparks my, my tears just start to flow. Yeah. <laughs> Do your, does your family cry though too? Mm, just me. <laughs> So I think it's really hard. I think it's almost better that way, though, because when I start crying, then, like, my mom and my dad will start crying. Oh, if I saw anyone else cry, I would just, it would be too much. Yeah. It's usually my dad actually starts to cry a little bit. He's such a, he's like, he cries it. He cries probably daily. Really? Like me. (laughs) (laughs) I think, but he, he cries, like, when he's watching the news and he cries when he's, like, listens to a beautiful song yeah <laughs> or like reads a good poem like yeah that's the thing cries, like, crying doesn't have to be tragic that's no. what i keep trying to remind my boyfriend because yeah. i honestly cry almost every day yeah. about something and yeah. at the beginning he was like like oh my god are 
are you okay? And it's like, no, yeah, I am fine. Like, this isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but I'm crying. So we're just... It can feel so good. Yeah, let it out. Hey, that's a mental health... To cry. cry. Are you the type of person who listens to sad music to, like, get the tears out? Mm, I I listen to sad music always. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) I've been kind of known like you. Are you okay? (laughs) I'm definitely okay. I just really like, like, soulful kind of, like, sad music. Mm. My friends have always said this. They're like, can we not listen to this? (laughs) Depressing song about, yeah. It doesn't make me sad. It just makes me kind of feel, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I can't listen to sad music because I'll just get upset really? for the day. <laughs> it would ruin my day. <laughs> so I can't. Um, but if I want to, I I can really easily just get in my own head, make myself cry. <laughs> just start to tell myself something that's like, I feel sorry for myself and then I start to cry. And do you feel better after that? Sometimes, yeah. I definitely, at least in the first year of living here, I would have like monthly breakdowns big ones big ones and i i would i would actually go for okay i would listen to music yeah and i would go driving which is probably not maybe a good recommendation but like i would put on music in the car and just drive out to like grota or something that's fine yeah and and then i would just yeah it was kind of nice to get out of the house too sometimes when i would feel when i'd be at the house crying i would start to be like i'll feel sorry for myself trapped and in a you go in, in circles kind of yeah I, I, that is also a go-to thing for me is just to get out of the house. That's, just go drive somewhere. I love that. I did that yesterday. Yeah. I just, I don't do this very often. No. Um, I just got in the car and drove and just, I didn't really have a plan of where I was going. I just drove and just took the turns that I wanted to do. Ended up at Thinkwatlavat and just did like, did the ring of the lake. Nice. And I'd never been there before. And it was actually so good. Mm-hmm. I just had music or an audio book, windows down. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> um, liberating. Liberating. Dip my toes in the lake. Oh. I was going to like go for a little swim. It was too cold. So I got back in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to do that more. Yeah. That's a really easy thing to like reset. Mm-hmm. You just kind of, it's a, you can take control of where you're going, what you're doing, like, and maybe just let yourself feel however you want to feel and not worry about upsetting anyone else or changing yeah. their vibe or their mood you can just do your own thing yeah i think that's so important i think it's i, I also would like to do this more often i, I went it for, never occurs to me i always forget that that's an option no i always forget that iceland is bigger than reykjavik true you know <laughs> it's easy to forget <laughs> it's easy to forget <laughs> so we as i said we asked a few other peoples for their tips and tricks about how to protect your mental health. And we got some really, really lovely responses that I would like to share. Mm-hmm. Um, one person, she spoke a lot about basically getting a therapist mm-hmm. and the fact that that can be quite difficult, especially when you come from a different culture. Finding the right therapist can be really difficult. So let me see what she says. Yeah, so she has noticed that Icelandic doctors, I'm not sure exactly where she's from, but she's noticed that Icelandic doctors can be sometimes mm, maybe a little bit cold or intimidating, seem that way at least. You know, very straight to the point, very direct. um, And that can be a little bit off-putting at the beginning, you know, when you're first starting to look for a therapist. And she was kind of saying that, you know, 
you know, that that can be difficult, but it's something that she has learned to appreciate. Mm. And it's like, and she also says that, you know, if you don't like, if you don't get on with your therapist, like change, you're not going to get the, fir- your, you're not going to get the perfect therapist the first time round necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to just keep looking, you know, yeah. it's all about the relationship. And I think that's such an important one. I think that it's like, I think that even in your own country, it can be difficult to find find a therapist. And then when you move to a new country and, you know, even just the process of going to find one, like finding a website where you have any names. Like, for Mm. example, I don't even know where I would go. No, how do you do it here? I don't know. I think we need to... You have to get a contact. You have to, or maybe you have to know some... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a list online somewhere, but I think that maybe we can... We can maybe figure this out. I mean, this person says that your GP or family doctor is probably um, a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you get referred. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it feels like it's a bit of a... Not a burden or anything like this, but it does feel a bit like an obstacle. Especially if you're not feeling good. Yeah. True. If you're already exactly. not feeling good, then yeah. like this whole thing of getting an appointment and, you know, it can be really difficult. But, yeah. but I think I, it's really important. Yeah. I think it's really, really important. True. I wish therapy was more accessible because mm-hmm. I looked up a therapist here um, who was recommended to me. Yeah. And I'm sure she's great. But she was really expensive. Okay. At least for me. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, therapy is a privilege. Mm-hmm. People are always saying like, get therapy. Therapy is so important. You have to get therapy. Therapy is really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. But one thing that um, this lady reminds us is that your labor union can offer... Mm. Um, re- reimburse, uh, partial reimbursements mm-hmm. um, so that's always a good option mm-hmm. if you're interested in getting a therapist but don't, don't feel that you can afford it then mm-hmm. maybe check with your union mm-hmm. on another note mm, the same person I really liked uh, something else that she mentioned um, she says that she's embraced the concept of Higgy am I saying it right do you know Higgy I think it's uh, German, Danish. Danish, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, she says she's just really embraced this. She makes her environment cozy, lights a candle, Mm. puts some, you know, buys some nice scents for the house and, you know, just embraces her environment, makes it a safe place for her to be. Mm-hmm. And make her make it a place for her to feel good. That's kind of like what you do with your baths and your like True. scented, yeah. you know, yeah. Create your the environment that you want to be in. Yeah, and that's gonna make you feel good. I think it's so important, and it can just change your mood. Definitely. Quickly. Another thing that she said, which I really like because I absolutely love Pinterest. She has made a folder or her own board that's just titled "Happy," and she's just I love saved. That. All these photos that just make her feel happy can be, yeah, anything. And I think anyone can do that, really. That's such a good point also because, you know, we consume so much Mm -hmm. in the day Mm -hmm. and most of it is really bad. You read the news, you get bad news. You know, you like you're on social media, Mm -hmm. you're bombarded with loads of messaging that is maybe not very good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, I'm trying really hard to not, um, go on my phone the first thing in the morning first thing in the morning yeah. because I'm so aware of how you, there's no filter you, you can't mm-hmm. you can't you know you can't um, manage what kind of messaging you're getting so I think mm-hmm. maybe like 
doing what she says, making a board with happy stuff, things that like mm-hmm. uplift you is like a really, really good idea. Yeah, I agree. Going back to the inst- the, the social media thing. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people just making a completely separate Instagram where they just follow maybe 15 of their closest friends and only follow those people. Oh my and gosh, like, I'm going to do that. Just like post whatever you want there with no no sense of feeling like you have to live up to something. A or, finsta. You know, a finsta, yes, exactly. What does finsta stand for? Fun insta or fake so. insta or yeah. something. Let's make it, f- yeah, I think fun, fun probably. <laughs> and it's like you can just... When you go on there, you know it's just going to be people you care about that you want to see and that make you feel good when you look at them or look at their posts. Yeah, that's a great idea. Basically, family and close friends. Yeah. You've been on a unfollow. Yeah. I'm, I'm like purging my social media at the moment. Yeah. I just, I like, I something comes over me and I'm like, I need to get rid of these people. Yeah. Like yeah. people that I met one time 10 years ago yeah. do not need to be on my Facebook or my Instagram. No. Yeah. And like, you know, often I see... Like, like this person or, you know, not someone in particular, but, you know, I, I watch people's stories, mm-hmm. people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I met yeah. 10 years ago and yeah. I'm like suddenly invested in their life. I'm like, I I cannot be giving my energy to this person. <laughs> so I like deleted, you know, I don't know how many hundred people off my Instagram today. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram was like, <laughs> blocked me from unfollowing <laughs> anymore. I was like, okay, no worries. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> but that feels a little bit cathartic also. Yeah. Just clean things out. <laughs> clean things out. I think that, um, yeah, it is weird anyways, like, to be following someone on Instagram that you wouldn't say hi to in person. Yeah. Uh, something's odd about that, like, to me. It's yeah. always kind of a little bit uncomfortable. It's just like you, you kind of follow along with their day-to-day life. But yeah, then, like, I know everything about you <laughs> and your family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would not say hello to them if you ran into them. No. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Um, one other thing that this really do-leg person yeah. uh, was saying is um, she says... I have learned to stand up and speak more. Mm-hmm. If I need to, if I need help, I must ask for it and do so actively. I think that is so key. Oh my God, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Ask for help from like your friends. Ask for help from your family. It's not a sign of weakness to say like, I'm not handling this very well. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And but I think it's because you get this like idea that it makes you weak mm-hmm. when you say like I'm not I'm not handling this I'm I I, I can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like a really it's probably something you have to practice also mm-hmm. to ask for help. Definitely, I would like to practice this. Mm-hmm. I think I don't really realize when I need help. Mm. I don't know. I think maybe I think I compare my issues to other people's that I have maybe created in my head where mm-hmm. I think I would just hold theirs in a much higher place than mine and I think yeah yeah so you're like okay because somebody's suffering more than me at this time like I talk myself I out of yeah. my issues basically like oh I have nothing to be struggle like nothing mm. you know yeah I I get it mm-hmm. but I don't think that's healthy and like would you say that to a friend no <laughs> exactly true you would compassion never, like, for imagine if I came to you and said, oh, I'm feeling really shit. And you'd be like, well, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are other people who are suffering yeah. more than you. True. And like, I guess it's helpful to keep some perspective on your life, but mm-hmm. it doesn't invalidate how you feel. No. And maybe just kind of stuffing something down and not seeking help or just, you know, 
asking somebody for their advice, it might just create, just make this issue get larger. And mm-hmm. I've heard that if you don't process emotions, um, like you can, you can block emotions. You can like kind of hide them and protect yourself from them mm-hmm. and ignore them basically, but they don't go away. They like, some people say that it, it gets stored in your body. Your body remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Even if you've blocked something out of your memory, even mm-hmm. your body, your body still holds on to the emotion or the trauma or something. And that means it comes out in like, in unexpected and uncontrolled ways. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah <laughs> better out than in. <laughs> True. I also, there's one last, like, I, I think just to kind of sum everything up, I think it's a, like, it's an Icelandic sentence mm-hmm. or saying that um, actually, like, one of my friends has in her house, and it says, like, Það er fallegt og sorglegt að vera manneskja. Yeah, I think it's so sweet and yeah. it's so true. It's really beautiful and sad to be a human. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of those things. Yeah. Everything in between and Yeah. It's good to be both too. It's and it's allowed to be both. Yeah. It would be weird if we were happy all the time. And it can be both at exactly the same time. True. You know, because exactly. we've we've talked about mental health this episode. Mm-hmm. Um and it sounds pretty doom and gloom, mm-hmm. which it isn't. Like, no. I wouldn't say that we're miserable here at all. Mm-hmm. I'm actually happiest I've ever been. But yeah. you can be as happy as you've ever been and still be aware of the mental health issues that you need to address. Yeah. I love talking about mental health. I think it's just, it's, it, I always learn a little bit more about myself every time I talk about it, I think. Mm-hmm. And I am all for constantly growing and just like, yeah becoming a little bit better each day i think it's so great that people are becoming more open with talking about their mental health Mm -hmm. with my friends like that's the first thing we like discuss you know it's like you know how are you mentally yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i love that what trauma are you working through at the moment yeah (laughs) and i think that's fine yeah it's not it's not a shameful thing it's not it's not um it doesn't have to be a sad thing it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be it's like it's just a reality Mm mm-hmm I totally agree. Mm. All right. Perfect. Tack för spjatlet. Yeah, tack för spjatlet. Tack för mig. And we'll be back next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.